is good. Beer is good. Beer is good. Beer is good. Let's go drink some beer. What's up, people? Look, this is going to be an experiment for us today. This is going to be the first time every member of the podcast is going to be in a different location. Um, so you're going to have to bear with us if there are some difficulties. We probably will talk over each other more than normal. <clears throat> but uh, we're going to give it our best shot because I am uh, in quarantine still. Hudson and I are sitting at home with our COVID. You know, see, you know what? It's not because this is the first attempt of everybody being in a different spot. If anything malfunctions tonight, it's because Mike and Tom didn't get to have their pool games. Right. Right. <laughs> and and it's also going to be the first time. Well, one, you know, probably the first time that Mike's drink is uh, spicy orange tea. So. Thomas Dos Equis. Oh, wow. Wow. You went fancy tonight. I'm going to make a Moscow mule. Oh, there you go. Jeez. Talk, talk about fancy. Yeah, look at you, Reg. Right? I came in. I'm like, well, I'm going to be bougie tonight. And Reg says, bitch, sit down. Yeah, Reg is like, I got my fancy cup. I'm going to muddle, muddle my uh, stuff in the bottom of it. Put some ginger beer. Forget about it. So, um, yep. Couple things just before we really get going. The TikTok page is up and running. We, I think we just broke a hundred followers, uh, on TikTok now. Yep. 84 of them are probably fake, but we're gonna take them for now. Um, once we, once we hit a thousand, then we can go live. So that'll probably be like, I don't even know. It's going to take forever. But anyways, um, so subscribe to that. Find us on our Facebook page. You can send us an email at MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. I checked the email a couple days ago, and I had one from Reggie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like she was testing to make sure there really was an email. <laughs> Maybe. Um, let's see. September 10th. Psycho Stick in Millville at, uh, is it Mr. Smalls? Yes, sir. Yeah. So I don't even know if there's tickets left at this point. I haven't checked. But they were selling quick. So if if you're thinking you're going to come, you better get the tickets soon. Um, we're still going to try to figure out how to uh, what we're going to do with that fourth ticket. We're going to probably have to figure it out for the next episode. Announce our uh, our uh, challenge or whatever it is. Um, Try to think what else we have. Um, I think that's it, right? Yeah, I really got. Nothing. And yeah, I'm, no, 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 no more. Okay. 
T-shirts, send us an email or send us a, on the Facebook page. Twenty-five bucks. Super soft. Like I said before, we are in the serial killer kingdom. It, you know, it, nobody it, can see this, but I'm actually wearing my podcast T-shirt right now. Yeah, I am not tonight. So, um, but twenty-five bucks. I still least, don't have one. I know. Look at that. Poor Reg. Just getting left out. Um, I don't know. That's all I got about the t-shirts, too. I'm going to be a little little off my game today. I can already feel it. But here we, let's see. So, like, we're doing serial killers, right? And here we go. Right back to Nolans. You know, uh, you figure the city's been there for so long, it's Arguably one of the most haunted places in the U.S. Um, so why wouldn't they have a bunch of serial killers? And we're actually skipping a bunch. There's probably five more that we're not even going to talk about on this podcast. Right. In between the last, you know, the last uh, about the vampires, Nolans. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chelsea! Oh, you're actually on the early side tonight. I'll be quiet. <laughs> I've been here too, waiting. Yeah, until we started, and then you weren't here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so this particular person is known as the Storyville Slayer, or as he introduced himself. Clay. Clay. All right. Clay. Tom, you have the clip? I do. See if we can, hopefully we can hear it. If not, I'll have to try to pull it up on mine. All right, I got a guy on the phone who claims he's been killing You guys got that? And he's wondering why he's doing it. So maybe uh, he he thinks I have an answer. Yeah, do you turn it up anymore? You haven't killed any girlfriend? No, I never said my name was that. Oh. Is that better? Uh, let me see if I can pull it up on mine. Hold on one second. Clay? Clay. Trying to run it off the laptop. Yeah, that might work too. Hold on. Oh, wait. Hold on, I'm a dumbass. Uh, let me see if I can get it to pop. Let me try this real quick. Okay. Yes, Clay. Okay, Clay. So what happened? How many participants have you killed? Twelve. And you're wondering why you do it? Is that good? I have a pretty no, good idea. It's still hard to hear. I'm spanking. And, uh, Let's see if I can get it to go. That's the loudest I can do on my end. I hear it. Does hear it? And you're wondering why you do it? Yeah. I have a pretty good idea. Why? Did your mom beat you? Did your mom spank you? Did your mom prostitute? No. Actually, nothing like that. What is it? I think I just do it for sense of power. Right. Do you have sex with them first? Yes. And then when you strangle them? Once. How else did you kill them? 
That's McDonald triad he's bringing up. What was that? That's the McDonald triad that Howard's talking about right there. Go ahead, Tom. That's the uh, McDonald triad is what Howard Stern's referring to right there. Um, what the triad is is chronic bedwetting, Compulsive arson and cruelty towards animals. Now, this was in the 90s where this was like, uh, quote unquote, cemented as mental health facts. Yes. But now, but now, but now it's, you know, officially recognized that it is also a sign of child abuse. So. Right. Yeah. Well, back when that was started. Did you ever see that show on Netflix, Mindhunter? Yeah, when I was on some of our pregame nights. Yeah. Um, you guys watch that. That was about the FBI trying to come up, come to terms with, you know, some of these multiple slangs that they were coming across. But let's go back to this again here, though, because in the beginning – you, did you, you noticed how, like, Howard and Robin were like, oh, this guy's full of shit. And now all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait. So, hold on. See, there's something to say about that, too, when we get there. All right. Okay. And then what did you do with the body? You dumped that somewhere? Um, yeah, I 
Yeah, actually, I think uh, she's probably one of the ones that they found. Yeah. So let me ask you, you were sending clues that you were going to do this? No, I was. I was going to like doing that. He was going to be making notes for the newspapers, and you know. Uh, but you decided not to. He didn't want to be famous or draw attention to himself. But my problem. No, that's, that's what I wanted to do. But, oh, but you did, but no one noticed the clues. I no, I never sent the clues. I never left anything. You know, I wanted to have my own little signature. Right. I wanted a thumb paint. So I put up thumb. Oh, really? What do you want to do? Thumb paint was their thumb. Thumb paint what, though? I don't know. Oh, anything. It, it was in a comic book a couple years ago. It just seemed like a good idea. Like, you take the girl you killed, you, you put thumbs in paint, and then you do, like, a thumb painting? Yeah. On a piece of paper? Yeah. Now, when you, after you kill somebody, do you play with the body? Um, actually, the closest I've ever done to that is I always make sure I pay them, and I make sure they keep their money. Oh, really? When they're still alive, but uh, with one of them, I did put the money in a compromising place. I see. But that was this one, you know, it, it had a penis. Oh, oh really? It was a guy. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know at first. So do you, do you ever get, do, do, do you think the reason you're so angry is because you were abused or something? No, I wasn't abused, Howard. Hmm. Where's your family? Something about her. I mean, 
case you're reminding me of my fiance, but right. You somehow relate more, more of an innocent quality. I just you somehow felt bad for her. Oh, 
Okay. Uh, uh, who knows? And, you know, dates can be off. It just depends where you look, right? Right. And the first one that they find was a 17-year-old named Danielle Britton or Brighton. Okay, the first one I have down is Cheryl Lewis. So. Okay. So that's a couple down the road, yes. Yes. So that's like... 93. Uh, that's pretty far down. Yeah, there's already, there's already, he's already got nine under his belt by the time he gets to her, I think. Um, so she was found in a ditch though, covered with trash. And then on September 3rd of the same year, 91, there was a 21 year old girl found. Her name was Tyra Tassin. And she was a mother of three. She was, she was, Hold, hold on one second. Hudson's tearing something up. <laughs> He's taking advantage of not being supervised. He's trying to tear up a bag and then started doing his circles by the back door to go out. And I'm like, yeah, sorry, man. Can't do that today. All right, so anyways, that was the second one. And then on the 21st of September, they found the 28-year-old lady, Charlene Price. She was found in the New Orleans Park. She was beaten and strangled. So that's three already. Uh, November 21st, they find 37-year-old Regina Oko, mother of three. She was strangled. And then when they did the toxicology on her, they saw that she had consumed a large amount of cocaine that probably would have caused her to overdose. No. And then some of the bodies they find, because they are in the swamps, they can't identify them. So that right. December 14th of 91, there's the first Jane Doe. She was found in a ditch as well, though. So she must have been. That, I'm wondering if that maybe was the first one that he actually killed. You know what I mean? Right, right. Okay. And then... Now we're in 92, January 4th, 29-year-old Lydia Madison was found in a ditch. So at this point, he really hasn't start, started hitting the swamps yet. So he's kind of, he's still kind of figuring out like his, his, um, what do they call that? Modius operandi? Yeah, his M.O. Yeah, so, but she was strangled. And then June 2nd, 29-year-old George Williams was found in the LaBranche wetlands. George was an exotic dancer, but and she was she was the first transvestite that uh, this guy kills. Yes, which is one of the similarities between um, Clay and. The actual victim list is there were two black transvestites that 
had not been released to the public at that time. Kind of fading out, Tom. Uh, there were one of the major similarities between Clay and the uh, and the bodies, you know, the actual killing was that um, he mentions one of them being a black transvestite. Right. And two of the victims actually were, which at that time was not common knowledge. Very uncommon back in the. No, common knowledge, like police didn't release that to the public. Right, right. right. No, that didn't come out. That didn't come out until at well after. Like, it wasn't even introduced in the trial. Right. So, um, July 25th, 33-year-old Noah Filson was found in the canal. Noah, Noah, she worked at a nightclub and went by the name Brenda Bewitch. So there's another transvestite. Right. Transgender. Yes, and... Yeah. So that's already two. And we're now almost, Tom, up to your girl. There's (laughs) one more. So this is number nine. September 21st, a 29-year-old... Regitor Martin was found murdered, strangled in in a canal. So, you know, at this point, like he's he's starting to figure it out now because now we've got two in a row that right. were found in the you know in the wetlands or the canal. And that's where the majority of the rest are going to be, or right near one. Yeah. So. February 20th and 93. Who do they find, Tom? Cheryl Lewis. In the canal. And the report that I read was that she had actually been drugged and then, like, thrown in the canal to drown. Yes. Yep, they found water in her lungs. So, but she actually had been missing... Since February second of that year, so that that she that took eighteen days to find her. Right. That's probably on the quick side. You know what I mean. So, um, and then February twenty first of the same year, they find forty two year old Dolores Mack <coughs> in the canal and strangled. She was strangled, and then. You know, I, I think the the thing probably to point out, like Tom had said, like, you know, Cheryl Lewis was the first one. But when you start reading about some of these police reports and stuff, they're saying um, just there was just multiple murders. There were so many committed, and they were put into, like, all these places where right. you really couldn't tell. Where they were, like, so the early ones, the dates of death are more based on when they were discovered missing. You know what I mean? So that's how they backdated some of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then the next two bodies they discover, no, like, like Jane Doe one, no one came to claim. No one reported them missing. Uh, but within a seven-day period, they find Jane Doe 2 and Jane Doe 3. 
That's February 5th and February 12th. February 13th, they find 24-year, 25-year-old Stephanie Murray in a, in a small pond. On the 15th, they find Jane Doe 4. <coughs> April 2nd, two skeletons are found, Jane Doe 5 and John Doe 1. So there's a, there's a third male. Uh, July 13th of that same year, 32-year-old Michelle Foster was found. I mean, and at this point, there's still one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, <clears throat> at least eight more. You know what I mean? Right. You know, then they find three in January of 95, 29-year-old Wanda Ford was in a swamp, 23rd, 39-year-old Sandra Warner. The 25th of January, they find 25-year-old Henry Sullivan, and that person was missing for a whole month before they found him. So, March 24th, Jane Doe number 6, April 30th, they find two women. Karen Ivester, who's 30, she was strangled. And Sharon Robinson, who was 28, she was strangled and beaten, and they find water in her lungs as well. And then May 6th, 39-year-old Sandra Williams was found strangled and just found on the road. And at this point, the police feel like that was it, like... He didn't really commit any more murders after that point. Um, but they do still come find more bodies. So, like in, on April 8th, 1996, 39-year-old Lola Porter was found. And she'd been missing since 1992. Right. So, you know, who knows how many people there really were. Um, but like, I don't know, man. It was it, just listening to that Howard Stern, just like how nonchalant and candid he is. Right. It's just creepy, man. Well, I mean, it's obvious that he idolized the Zodiac because that's what yeah. the Zodiac did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just nuts. Um, and just the fact that it's also random, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't right. like it wasn't like you know some of these guys would stalk their prey for months, learn about their habits, yeah, learn every single detail, you know, yeah. would know, would know when they're not going to be in the house, so they could go into the house, so they knew that when the time came where everything was, where everything was laid out. And, you know, he his was basically luck of the draw. Whoever walks up to my car is getting it. Right. So, nuts. 
you know, but I gotta, I gotta say, man, Stern and Robin, they handled that great. Cause yeah. as you had alluded to earlier, like for the first little bit of the call, you can tell they think it's bullshit. But then you hear it like switch in Stern's yeah. voice. And then Robin's right behind when he starts asking, like, do you have any tattoos? Did you have sex with them? Yep. 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 Trying, just trying to get as much information as he can at that point. Right. So, and which is, and kept the talk, and kept the guy talking and kept getting info, you know, and getting all this candid information about him. And so, I mean, like, I don't know if they've ever officially been publicly praised for how they handled that, but they deserve to be. I don't know. So, um, and, and you know, Tom, how, like, we always talk about, like, it seems like every single serial killer, the police have a chance. Yeah. (laughs) At some point, they're in custody for something, and they just can't make something stick. In Which is actually with one of the suspects, right? In this case, yep. In 1994, Clay got arrested for masturbating in his car near where Cheryl Lewis and Dolores Mack were found. Because um, he was a. Freelance photographer and part-time cab driver, and he would be forced to sleep in his car from time to time due to not being able to afford to stay anywhere. Right. Yeah. He was. He was a pretty. He was a vagabond. You know. Never had it. While he was down in New Orleans, he never really had a permanent residence. Which and the crazy thing is, he's from Ohio. And then right. when he. When the police finally catch up with him in 97, he's living with his elderly father in Florida. And they, they interview him. They let him go. A couple days later, he got arrested for buying cocaine from an undercover cop. Got put in the lockup. Was there for like... I forget, I think 120 days or 95 days. And while he was in there, he was violent and admitted to different people. And they brought these people in for the trial and uh, to over 60. So, um, just nuts, man. But, like, there it was. Like, and like his story to the police was, I'm uh, I'm getting ready to change my the oil in my car. Yeah. Um. Even and no, what it was is because because he wanted to illegally dump his oil without being caught is what he had said. Right. Right. But, but there was, was no change. there was no tools. There was no, no. oil. There was no, no green pan. Nothing in his car. No. 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 And it was dark. So yeah. they were like, how, how are you going to do this in the dark with, with none, of your, none of the material? So, I don't know. What's that, what sticks out to you, Reggie, about that call? <clears throat> Reggie. 
Well, we might have lost her. Well, she's trying. We still, we can't hear you, Reg. <coughs> oh, we lost, we lost Reggie's, uh, audio. So, um, but the well, first. Well, you know, um. Oh, go ahead. You know, uh, like, there's still a big debate on whether or not it was a real call or a prank caller, right? Uh, but, I mean, obviously, there had to be credibility to it because the next day the FBI showed up at the studio and confiscated the audio tapes yes. of the phone call. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, um, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Woo. That was my first COVID cough on the recording. Um, so, yeah, like he said, though, it was funny. The first person that they kind of figured out as the number one suspect was this guy named Victor Grant. Or Victor Gant. And he was from, he's from Algiers, which is right on the other side of uh, New Orleans, you know. Um he was a police officer that identified him as a suspect because he had a reputation as being a corrupt cop. And he had a direct connection to Sheriff very extremely violent to his wife. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, he, uh, Sharon Robinson and her friend are two of the people that, that, that were murdered. So, um, but she reported that he insulted her, and he was set to go to trial. And then the two of them disappeared. Um, so he ended up not getting charged. But it's kind of, that's that's kind of ironic. You know what I mean? Right. Because that, the Clay, and, and especially, go ahead. Yeah, the Clay knew that, that their only suspect at the time was a black yeah. cop. Yeah, yeah, because he said he had a relationship with one of the girls. Right. So. Which is another one of those that was not public knowledge. Right. So, that's probably, you know, and you figure the FBI gets a hold of this, and they start hearing this, and they're like, okay, wait a minute, this guy's legit, He's, he's really connecting some dots here that we have not told anybody. Right. <clears throat> so, um, you know, he I got a, Go ahead. Um, I got that Gant uh, refused a lie detector test. Yeah. But willingly um, submitted blood and tissue samples. Yes, and they, they, it was inconclusive. It was inconclusive, yep. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> which, you know, I don't know. Back then, late 90s, you know, it's still on the newer side, you know? Right. It, it's, it wasn't anywhere near the exact science that it is today. No. I mean, they can take. It's still not even an exact science. No. But now they can draw a connection from like a third relative. Right. So, um, 
So anyways, Clay, his real name is Russell Elwood, eventually does get arrested. And well, see, but here's the thing, Mike. Um, according to one of the reports I read, Elwood was actually already locked up at the time of the phone call. Which is not impossible, but it is unlikely. Right. Huh. Wouldn't that be something? That, like, this information, uh, the, the article date, it was uh, 2021. was right. November 2021 that I found that. So that's that's a relatively new piece of yeah. I mean, that's come to light. could could he have used this one call that day to call Howard Stern? Well, see, here's the thing, though, is is um, yeah, but that stuff's all recorded, so yeah, they make you do you know, and plus that, and they make you uh, take it as a collect call, right? But it's not unheard of for. Yeah, that's true. Someone well, you call into one of those shows and you got a good enough story, they'll take a collect call. You know what I mean? Oh, that's fair, but then you would think that it would have record of and you know, right. they'd be the producers would be able to go, Okay, this yeah. guy was calling from this, this jail. At this time. Yeah. Right, so it's um, believed that if it was him, it was either a, you know, one of the big-ass old-school portable phones, uh-huh. or the more likely scenario was that bribe or blackmail of a guard to get used to a free line. Well, that's possible. Or or he could have called someone and they could have three-way called up there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that could have. So, again, as as this report said, it's not impossible, it's just unlikely. Right, right. That's interesting. I'm going to have to look for that. So, I mean, all I know, the last I really have on this is, you know, he served in life in prison, but it was only for Because uh, he got to, Yes, okay. one. Yep. Oh, Lewis. Yep. Yes. A sentence to life without at a work camp. Not even a race isn't a work camp. Yeah, yeah. Which those are the ones where if, you know, to quote the uh, um, the movie Life, if your food don't grow, you don't eat. That's the right. style of prison right. that he's at. Right. Yeah, that reminds me of that one country song where the guy's in prison in the South and he's in charge of Walking the dog. Oh, the dog. Yeah. I, that's, all I, that's all I remember from it. But. Um, yeah. Well, so, I mean, that's all I have. I know it's a short one this week, but like I said, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not at my best. You have, any, you have anything else that we didn't cover? <laughs> Excuse me. I just have... Like a few more things on Gantt. Go ahead. Um, <clears throat> during his investigation, he was placed on 
desk duty. Okay. Okay. So then after, then he had shortly gotten, uh, shortly after gotten fired due to an internal investigation against him. Okay. Which the details of that were not released to the public. So then he starts working for uh, this other uh, police department, which I, for some reason, did not write the name down of, where it had a reputation of hiring, um, quote-unquote, disgraced officers. Okay. And, um, like, he got fired from that, too, because his new girlfriend, uh, he choked and threatened to kill. Wow. Well, that's right. That's, yeah, you know, he doesn't sound like so, a you know, the, the one article I read basically stopped. It said, you know, there's no other information available. Then I read this other article. It's like, wow, man, this dude was, like, uh, not a nice guy. No, definitely not. So it is possible that it could have been him. And right. As well. Well, and it could there could have been two of them. You know what I mean? Or, or multiple. That's because so I, I just theory I read. Up that they're saying, you know, since the only murder that was really solved is Cheryl Lewis, Gant is yep. still considered a suspect. Which I don't have any info on what he's doing now. No, I don't either. All right, so let's see. August 13th, 1997 is when that phone call came in. Yes. And um, um, now I'm, I'm looking Elwood to see. convicted at 99 for the murder of Cheryl Lou. Right. August 4th, 1997, he was arrested. Yes, for possession and served 85 days. Right. Yes, so according to that, if you do the math, he's in prison. Which, here, this is back to the pay somebody off or a dirty guard theorem. That, say, Gant is his partner. Boom, that's how he gets his phone call. Yeah. He or he did Gant a favor and took care of those two. Oh yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Right. So Um Gant's girlfriend's shoe print was actually found at the scene of her friend's murder. Oh. So he made her watch him kill her friend. Oh, wow. And then took her somewhere else and killed her. Keep talking, Tom. I'm chasing Hudson. <coughs> awesome, bye. Um, oh, all right. Yeah. Hudson, Hudson grabbed my Tylenol bottle. Oh, that wouldn't have been good. Yeah, at least that guy's childproof. He was just going to try to chew through it. Reggie just sent a message and said that uh, last she saw Gant was in Atlanta. 
Oh, all right. Thank you, Reggie. Still on it. That's what's up. Yeah. yeah. You know, she keeps us honest. So, I mean, that's that's really all I have, Tom. You have anything else on him? On him, no. Okay. Yeah, so, and then let me see. Hold on. Let me pull that thing back up because that – I'm curious well, about that. While now. you're doing that, I think it's a perfect time for Terrible Tuesdays with Tom. Oh, yeah, we almost got away with it. Good time. Right, so, the first one isn't really a dad joke, but our fans will get a kick out of it. Hopefully. <laughs> so, a guy's walking down the beach, he finds a lamp. Rubs it, and Jeannie pops out and goes, I will grant you three wishes. However, your ex gets two of whatever you wish for. Guy goes, fine. I wish for a million dollars. Poof. He's got a million dollars. His ex has two. Jeannie says, for your second wish? Guy goes, I want a beach house in the tropics. Poof. He has one beach house. His ex has two beach houses. For his third wish, he wished for the genie to beat him half to death. Wow, I should have downloaded an app with cricket sounds. Yeah, yeah. Well, Reggie would have chuckled, but she doesn't have audio. So, all right, what's number two? Mike. I thought that was was decent, Tom. That one was decent, and had I not known that one was coming, I would probably would have chuckled. But I already knew yes, that. Yes, because I did ask for your approval. Yeah. yeah. All right, but this one is, hey, I don't think it's possible for me to become a sniper. Not by a long shot. Good one. Good one, Tom. I appreciate that one. I like what you did there. So. That I, I got nothing on. I got nothing else on. All right, uh, all right. Well, that's fine. Look, I, I actually just pulled up some stuff on this Clay or Russell Elwood, right? Uh, <coughs> like you said, he called into Howard Stern, and it caused a massive media frenzy, and then it got to the FBI agents, and they went to the studio sees the audio to establish his location and identity. Um, in the following years, the credibility of this incident was questioned as the program regularly received numerous calls from people who have claimed to have done terrible things. And some say Stern had someone call in and fake it himself to boost his ratings. I sure hope that's not true. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't, he, I don't really think he needed it. At, yeah, at, at that time, time he's a monster. Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah, he's still already caught up on top of the world. Yep. And trying not to worry I mean, much now. Yeah, so Elwood. I, I don't I don't buy in that it was him. I don't either. I don't either. It was just there, so I put it out there. Um, Elwood was from Massillon, Ohio, Massillon, Ohio. Oh, Maslin. Yes. Yes. He moved to New Orleans in 1968 after he graduated high school. 
And he said for the next 30 years he lived in squalor because of his drug addiction, had no permanent residences, never married, and changed professions often, mostly sticking to photography and cab driving, like you said. Owing to his addiction, he was arrested several times from 1968 to 1998. When not imprisoned, he spent most of his time just among the fellow vagrants um, and, you know, acquaintances from that particular area describes him as an outsider who constantly sought to find a get-quick-rich scheme. So... Right. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Oh, just a second. Oh, no. Should I keep talking? I'm going to keep talking. So, eventually they form a task force, and... Colonel Walter T. Gorman of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office and other task force members traveled down to Sebring, Florida on July 23, 1997 because they wanted to question Elwood. Once they find him, he's informed of his rights and within three days gave several statements recorded on tape. During the interrogations, he admitted to frequenting black prostitutes throughout his life claiming he knew more than a hundred girls, in addition to frequently taking drugs such as heroin, crack, LSD over the years. The investigators became increasingly suspicious when Elwood started speaking about having a dream in which he was being questioned about a series of murders and later admitting to frequenting the locations where the bodies were found, but continued to reaffirm his innocence. Yeah, he was he was actually found um, a year later at one of the scenes. Yeah. Like the police rolled up on him and found him there. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and then, like you said, a few days later, August 4th of 97, he's arrested for buying cocaine from an undercover police officer. As a result, he's convicted and sentenced to 85 days in county jail. According to his cellmates, Elwood implicated himself in the prostitute killings back in New Orleans and its various suburbs. One of them, Stan Hall, contacted the county's prosecutor's office and claimed that Elwood had described to him in detail how he had driven the women to outlying areas of the city, offering them large quantities of drugs that would cause overdoses, then strangled and dumped their bodies. Yes. Um, another inmate said that Elwood boasted of being wanted for more than 60 murders within the state of Louisiana and had even described to him some of them in detail. So after the 85 days are up, though, he returned back to Ohio and he goes to Canton to live with his brother, who offered him a high-paying job. Based on that, on the testimony of Hill... The task force tracked him down, re-interviewed him in the presence of Ron Camden, a 27-year veteran of the Cincinnati Police Department's homicide unit. During the interrogation, Elwood initially denied making any such statements to the inmates, but after an audio tape of Hill's testimony was played, 
he admitted that he had indeed boasted that to Hill. Camden later testified that Elwood also confessed to him that he had killed a black girl whose corpse he had dumped in the canal. No recording of that confession was taken, and Elwood later denied that. Um, he later claimed that he was making those boasts because of a mental illness. Right. Uh, he wanted to go back to New Orleans. He, wanted, he demanded to be returned to New Orleans so he could see his attorney and get mental health treatment, and that's denied. Um, the request was denied, whereupon Elwood confessed, confessed to killing Lewis and Mac, but he refused to be audiotaped, and soon after began denying that he confessed to that either. Eventually, he gets released again and in January of 1998 returns to New Orleans. On January 6th, he was stopped by a traffic cop for speeding, and was scheduled to appear in court but failed to appear on time, and was arrested for contempt of court. Got, while he was there, he got convicted to 120 days behind bars while incarcerated. Authorities did charge him with the murders of Lewis and Mack on March 4th, 1998. <laughs> Trial began June 8th of 99 in Lafayette. During the proceedings, a number of Elwood's former cellmates and prostitutes testified as the prosecution witnesses, with the former claiming that he had confessed to the killings, while the later claimed that he had sold them. Diane Gillum, a former prostitute, told the court that she had known Elwood since the early 90s and had dated him periodically. She testified in 92 during a date. Elwood, while under the influence of drugs, assaulted and beat her and strangled her into unconsciousness. Gillen stated that she woke up to find herself in a pool of blood in an unfamiliar wooded area where a passing motorist found her by chance and sheltered her at a motel. Uh, but she didn't report the incident then due to the fact that she was a prostitute with a criminal record. And that, you know, a couple Which, more prostitutes come out and basically say the same thing. Um, that's about it. Oh, and then witnesses testify that they saw him with Cheryl Lewis shortly before her disappearance. Oh, yeah, a few times. Uh, uh, he was a returning customer of hers. Yes. And he was seen with her up to three days, right? Three days before, so. <coughs> that's about it, man. So, I mean, the, the, uh, the, the multiple killer theory really, uh, to me, this evening gained a lot of traction. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's still technically yeah. unsolved. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they all are. They're all unsolved, except for the one. Um, right. So yeah. So who knows, man? Maybe down the road. 
we'll be able to come back to this and do a part two when maybe by some miracle something will break in, in this case and it'll get solved. So, hey, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, how many, how often do you hear about like a 30 year old cold case being solved because something coming up yeah. that was, you know, that somebody had missed? Yeah. So, so it is very likely that this could all be the subject of another episode. Yeah, could be. Stay tuned. Hey, and listen, if anybody, I was looking, and I know we switched podcast platforms, so some of the podcasts, like Spotify, was connected to the old platform. They were they they Spotify owned Anchor. So all of our old podcasts got wiped off of there. Um, if you want to listen to us from our very first episode, every single episode is out on iHeartRadio. Um, we're still not on Pandora. At this point, I just don't think it's happening. But you know what? Whatever it is, what it is. I don't have an iPhone, so I don't know if every episode is still out there. So if someone has an iPhone, let us know that maybe. Um, but that's it. You want to be a guest, you got an idea for a topic, you just want to come hang out and have a drink one day when, when Mike is drinking again, uh, you're more than welcome to do that. Send us an email. At MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. Find our Facebook page or hit us up on our TikTok. Uh, I'm just... <coughs> Excuse me. I'm still not back on Instagram yet, so don't hit us on that one. Um, but I mean, I really think that's kind of all I got. I know my voice isn't going to last much longer. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm dry on info right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, so. shout out to our boys at Psycho Stick. Thank you for letting us use your song on the podcast. We'll see you September. I can't wait till we see you guys next month. So, um, but, I mean, that's all I got, man. Just, you know, no, Reg, we don't hear you at all. No, you were green there for a minute, Reggie, but we couldn't hear you. So, um, if you have any final thoughts, Reg, send us in in the chat here and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, give you credit for it. Um, Reggie, you know, if Mike didn't get COVID, we wouldn't be having this problem because it would be only one calling in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Reggie, you know, I'm Reggie, just, Reggie said she doesn't have a final thought. She thinks that we did a great job. So, and, and she's proud of us. The two for, most genius guys I know. Oh, thanks, Reggie. Mm-hmm. So, but that's all I got. Hey, look, this week, just be the reason somebody smiles, man. That's it. Be nice to people. Hold the door for a stranger. Smile it. You know, a little smile or a wave. Something. Yeah, yeah. And you, yes, Reggie, your hair always looks pretty. So, um, <laughs> but if no one has anything else, I mean, I guess we need to sign off, right? Take us out, Mike. As always, people, thanks for listening. We appreciate you all, and we'll see you next Tuesday.